Hey y'all, welcome to Descartes Pod. I'm Jenna. And I'm Danica. And holy fucking shit, the band Bachelor Bad Behavior went on a nationwide tour this week and uh, all the songs fucking sucked. Like seriously though, can can we get our money back on this week and like probably, you know, back pay us from the last 20 years we've been watching this show? Joe Biden, where's my where's my stimulus for watching The Bachelor? <laughs> Oofta. Name a more iconic and horrific week than this week. I I don't want to. I can't, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to and you can't make me. No. I have blacked out 2016 actually. And um this week was... replace it with this week. This week completely. is pretty fucking bad. We're like in the middle of like a snow apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Over here. Um, yeah, in Portland. I saw somebody, like, try to drive yesterday in just, like, a car that should not be driven in the snow by any means. <laughs> and my car is usually parked in the same place that it almost hit a power line. So I was like, oh, my God, thank God I moved my car this last week because my car would have been absolutely totaled. Um, it's horrible. It's terrible it's... out here. Um, thoughts and prayers for everyone, like, in Texas and, like, yeah. the Midwest and stuff. Like, I know most Midwesterners and most, uh, most people, like, in the Oregon, Seattle area are, like, used to some kind of snowstorm thing, like, once every once in a while. Yeah. But Texas? But Texas. You... <laughs> Texas and, yeah, this, that's fucking terrible. I've been yeah, reading a lot of our, things like, on Twitter, and it's just... One of our, like, um, dear followers, friends, Susan, has been, like, losing power all day. She lives in Texas, and I, it's like... She texts me, she's like, I couldn't watch the fucking episode last night. And I'm like, well... <laughs> you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, but you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know this is typically when we start our bad behavior segment. Um, as of, like... <laughs> three episodes ago we just got organized <laughs> after doing like hundreds of episodes um we're gonna do something a little bit different this episode because um, there was just so much fuckery going on in bachelor nation um yeah. so instead we're gonna start with like an extremely brief recap of what we saw in the episode last night and then hopefully in 20 minutes or so friend of the pod sophie is going to be joining us to discuss d- everything <laughs> we've been experiencing <laughs> In Bachelor Nation this week, and also for all time. And then we're going to end up, as usual, with housekeeping, but we do really ask that you listen all the way through the end this week. Um, Thank you. Please, and thank you. In advance. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good episode. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be full of uh, challenging topics, Mm -hmm. but uh, we are so excited to talk to Sophie, and um, just excited to... I don't know. Get it all out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we recorded last week. Like, I remember I was talking about this Chris Harrison interview, and it was the very interview that we will eventually talk about later mm-hmm. on. But it was just this abbreviated version that, like, that they, like, that he wanted out to the world mm-hmm. that was just about, like, the episode of The Bachelor, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I got off of the, of the Zoom call and then looked at the DMs and I was like, oh, oh, this is much worse. And oh, there's I a 13 minute at video <laughs> at that point. So I was just like, haha, what an asshole. But it turns out, holy shit, what a racist asshole. Um, I should never be surprised, but yeah. And yet, here oh I God. am. Yeah. Um, 
So before we get too into the weeds with everything, um, we do want to say that we, um, we've seen and appreciate so much all of the work that Black people and especially, especially Black women in and out of the franchise um, have been putting into education, organization, and just existing this week. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's really, it's really been, um, I'm not, I'm, I lack words to say just it, seeing it is really kind of, um, special and beautiful and horrible that we are, like, that they had to go through this. Mm-hmm. I just, ah, so full of emotions. I'm, like, in a glass case of emotions and I keep <laughs> thinking of that fucking stupid movie. Anyway, um, but we would definitely like to urge, like, all of our listeners, um, to please do what you can to, like, protect and uplift these voices, um, and, you know, pay them. Donate to, like, therapy funds. Um, do whatever education that you can where you can so that these women don't have to carry the burden alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that it's exhausting. Um, and know that it's exhausting. And not yeah. to plug our Taylor interview, but she she told us herself this is an exhausting franchise to live in and do the work in. Yeah. Um, so... Just keep Thank supporting, you. keep sharing, speak out, mm-hmm. do your part, block the trolls, you know, yeah. do what you must. Yeah. Do what you must. Okay. Um, let's so recap yeah, let's re- this bitch real quick. Yeah, let's recap it real quick, too. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so we're just going to dive right the fuck in. So Heather came and she went. Um, done. No. <laughs> but no I mean, trauma. No trauma. No, but this whole th- Heather thing was um, honestly pointless, frustrating, and unnecessary, and it only served to hurt Heather and to hurt the remaining women of color on the show. Cause as of now they are just receiving additional harassment for their supposed quote unquote hate and bullying of an innocent white virgin. Mm. And mm. I like, I don't, I don't want to like completely just like trash Heather. Cause I really, I think that she probably meant to come in maybe a little bit yeah. late and then they're yeah. just like, no quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so she had to come in way late. I, I doubt she knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. I, but, like, there are so many things about it that are just, like, a little bit icky. Like, how many people are just, like, oh, these bitches. Like, this is the meanest group of girls ever. Like, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And it's just, like, no, they're just fucking frustrated. And, like, you know, we could all do with some blaming the producers things in this season. <laughs> just a smidge. I think everyone could take a healthy dose of let's. Hold harass the producers, producers. <laughs> yeah just kidding do not harass people <laughs> but yeah so that was that um but matt sends her home so then we go to a rare ceremony see i can't even say the word no, either nobody can say rose ceremony this we're changing the title of this podcast we cannot do it this way anymore rose ceremony um and basically brie rachel serena p kit Jasenia and Abigail receive roses, joining in with Michelle and Piper. Um, this means we unfortunately have to go uh, let rid of our um, comrade and winner of our hearts, Chelsea, and um, also Serena C. Mm-hmm. Um, then the date card gets announced, and of the women left, Abigail and Jasenia are the only two women who have not yet had one-on-ones. And since mm-hmm. there's two one-on-one dates this week, who gets those dates uh, becomes vastly important because the other person would therefore not get a one-on-one date before hometowns if they were to make it past this week yeah uh, which is highly unlikely um as you might suspect um 
I hate when they do this. I, I hate mean, it. I know it's a part of the thing. And I, part of me is like, I hate it. But it's more of like, yeah, that is how, that's how it goes. Like, there's a point in the show where you realize the person, the contestant in the house, oh, I'm not going to go. Like, that's not, Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, once you hear the date cards read that you're going to go home. And the other thing, too, it, the, I mean, lots of things frustrated me about this season. But it's like, why go from eight to four? Yeah. You got rid of, like, two girls last week, and then you brought ten. How does that make any fucking sense? This this is an incredibly unfair jump from mm-hmm. eight to four. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so Serena P. gets the first one-on-one, um, and it's a date that in general makes the whole world cringe, including Serena P. herself. But we feel you. Like, that date was gross if that's like if that's not something you're into that's a a day ruiner for me yeah but like good on her i i just want to say like good for her for being able to do all of that like if someone asked me to do tantric yoga on tv i would be obligated to send myself home (laughs) like if i tried to bend like that i would just be like uh, I have scoliosis, dog, and then leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have, like, zero upper arm strength, like, at all. And I also carry babies for a living. But I still would just, like, not be able to do any planking no. at all. I would just be laying on top of him, which is great. I mean, but, like... <laughs> to each their own. That's all I yeah. would do, too. Um, yeah, I can do, like, the lay-down pose. Child's pose. I can do that <laughs> one. Is that is that <laughs> sexy for anybody? Is that tantric? I don't know. <laughs> And then basically she just spends, you know, the last half of it, like, Matt is just, like, so horny about this date, even though you can tell she's uncomfortable, like, they're, like, supposed to be looking at each other and she keeps, like, looking away from him. And I'm just like, you and I, I think, thought that she was going to go home. Oh, yeah. Because she was not enjoying herself at all. And, like, he clearly cannot read cues. It's pretty wild. She looked extremely uncomfortable. And like, and, I mean, rightfully to his so. credit, like at one point he does, he's like, oh, wow, she wasn't very comfortable. Like, I, that makes me sad. I wanted her to have a good time. You know, like, it wasn't all, you know, he wasn't being, you know. Can you not, like, read, though? Like, <laughs> are you, like, <laughs> facial expression illiterate? Like, she was very uncomfortable. But, but I digress. Um, mm-hmm. She spends the last half of the date just being like, that fucking sucked, right? And he's just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I guess. Um, but yeah, she ends up getting a rose, much mm-hmm. to our surprise, um, mm-hmm. and maybe hers. Um, but we love her. We stand. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> she's here. Welcome to the top four. Congrats, Let's babe. Do this. So then we have a group date. Um, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Brie, I didn't Rachel. see one. Yeah, we didn't see one, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, but Brie, Rachel, Kit, Abigail, Michelle, and Piper go on a group date, and by that, uh, Matt hangs out with them only at night when drinks are available uh, because he hates spending time with any of these women on the season for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> you were saying that we just see, you know. The same part of Nima Colon where we go back and forth between two rooms and it's starting to feel like almost yellow wallpaper-ish where I'm like, I've looked at my own wall for too long and now I'm just seeing these walls and I'm seeing weird shapes in them and I think that I live in the wall now. (laughs) I'm I'm going a little cuckoo over There's literally three rooms that I could describe with great detail in my head. There's the one room where all the women sit in and there's a mannequin behind them and a harp to the right. And then there's another room where they do all the group date after parties, and there's a teak, like, 
structure of a birdhouse with pink flowers inside of it mm-hmm. and then like a candle next to that and then there's another room that we saw like five times last night's groom the group date where he takes the women from the room with the birdhouse to this other room and it's a darker room with bushes and behind him is a a hourglass structure with a sand like a sand hourglass thing inside of a metal cage and then there's my and bathroom it- and that's the only <laughs> other room you know I cannot believe we were just like, let's make this a short one. And you're just like, these are all the rooms I know. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so on this group date, it's great. I I think it's perfect. I love you. Abigail, uh, she knows that this is the end of the road because Matt hasn't given her a one-on-one and hometowns are next week. What the actual fuck? Okay, what? Okay. Rude. Um, so, so she pulls him aside and essentially like, advocates for herself and says that she needs more from him. And he appreciates her frankness and says that, like, since he had that initial connection with her, that he, that, you know, he was what. He wasn't worried he, about he was, their relationship. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't worried about the relationship, so kind of let it just, like, plateau. And in the meantime, he's focused on other relationships, and now he has stronger feelings for other women in the house, and so he sends her home. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was a lot, though. I really do like her, and I hope yeah. that one of my friends dates her, and I'm trying to think of a friend that I have, but the only friend I have is Jenna, so. Hmm. I'll date her. Yeah, let's do it. I want to be friends with her. She lives so close to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that for you and for her. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Alex was talking. Alex, my roommate, was talking last night. Like, new new to the Bachelor world, Alex was talking, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, do they not get to say goodbye to anybody? And I was like, I don't think anyone likes each other this season. It's okay. <laughs> but, like, also, they don't get to say goodbye to each other. Mm-mm. Um shockingly um matt ends up giving rachel the group date rose and he takes her to a private concert from aloe black and then um now we're just nervous that he's just gonna pick her we're not nervous we've 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 been new (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um he is picking her and this is probably the reason why chris went so hard in the paint for her and why matt's like i'll let her you know fend for herself um (sighs) So, I mean, we can hope for a better future for ourselves, and I would love yes. to be wrong. I would love yeah. to be wrong about this one, but just, like... But just, like, looking at it as somebody who's watched the show for many, many, many years, mm-hmm. the fact that he, like, pulled her aside to this special little date and the way they shot this scene, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a scene they shoot for people who go far. Yeah. You know, that was a romantic moment that mm-hmm. us as the audience was supposed to be like... <sighs> And he, like, brings her back for the bowling date, even though she's not supposed to be yeah, there because she exactly. lost. There's just so many yeah. signs. He's already said, basically, I love you to her. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many moments in this show that are supposed to make us feel, like, really gushy about her. But, unfortunately, they keep casting racists onto the show. <laughs> so, so I can't feel about warm that. about any white person here. <laughs> um, then we get sort of, like, a hard cut to baby kit <laughs> like <laughs> so small so short like little baby yoda kit um she goes to matt's place to send herself home um because she's tired we're tired she knows this isn't going anywhere because she had a really serious conversation with him that didn't go anywhere um because mm-hmm. he still gave the rose to rachel and she's just like mm. Mm. no I have money. I can leave here now. (laughs) And uh, so that we uh, basically say farewell to probably one of the most mature 21-year-olds I've ever seen on this show. 
Um, I'm not going to say she's my new, like, franchise favorite, um, but I don't hate her. No. And I do wish that people would stop comparing her to Harvard. Because, um, ew, no. Yeah, it is really not okay. Um, for one, she's actually rich. <laughs> um, and she's never shoved it in anyone's face like he did, so. Yeah. And she's also, like, let's be honest, she's hot. Like, we've said this yeah. about, like, everyone on the season because truly everyone was hot. But oh, she's yeah. hot this as fuck, is... and so the Harvard connection does not apply yeah. Um, we can just refer to her from now on as Phoebe Richards. <laughs> Richards. I fucked up my own joke. That's okay. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It won't be the last. I can't say any of the words in this show. So, yes. <laughs> um, so then we get Jasenia's one-on-one. Um, once again, like, all of the one-on-one dates are just like, let's see if I can kill you. And if not, maybe I'll send you home. Kind of. <laughs> Um, they just go, as Jenna put in the notes, room vroom in a car, and they destroy the parking lot of Mimicol, and I feel like the point of those things is to miss, to, like, drift around the barriers, and Matt's just like, I can't drive! I'm gonna hit these things. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I was wondering, like, why they maybe didn't do this date at La Quinta, because I was like, this. I mean, it was fun, it was cute, right? And so I was like, they could have done it there, but then I realized that, like, the leather seats would have definitely, like been glued to everyone's skin mm-hmm. in the 160 degree heat so that makes sense i mean it would be like that one meme that's like the skeleton like drinking yes. coffee it would just be like melted skeletons in a fast car <laughs> or that like <laughs> the character in spongebob that says chocolate <laughs> like, they'd just be dead on sight um yeah, I mean, like, I love Jasenia. Uh, we've mm-hmm. probably known for a while that there's not really a whole lot of chemistry there. And we probably, mm-hmm. I'm honestly, like, a bit surprised she didn't go home last week just because right. of the whole, you know, MJ, MJ debacle. Like, he wasn't mm-hmm. into her. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done the two-on-one thing in the first place. I can't think of a yeah. time where per- a person that came out of the two-on-one won at the mm-hmm. end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she does do, like, a Hail Mary, I'm falling in love with you thing. It doesn't always work. Um, it's okay. I, I do want to say, though, I was talking to Andrew and Alex last night, and I was just like, this is, so, like, so wild to me that he's sending her home. Because if they met in the wild and not in this situation, he would be so lucky. Mm-hmm. He would be he would so be. lucky. Like, with any of these women, like, honestly. Except for, True. you know... The Buck Wild ones. Like, if they met <laughs> in like real a- life, like, they'd hit it off. You know what I mean? Like, it would be, he'd be like, oh, I met a smoke show. And now it just, it, the show is, like, breaking down for me. Like, a fourth wall is entering where I'm like, wait, these these men don't deserve any of them. What's going on? <laughs> exactly. What's these happening? They're all amazing, amazing women with, like, careers and just, like, ugh, yeah, all this shit. It's not that Matt, truly. like, doesn't have a career, That not that he's not an attractive person, like, whatever. But I'm just, like... Jasenia, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. I would die for Gorgeous. her. Gorgeous. Um, and then we get a true rarity, and we end the episode with an actual rose ceremony. Ooh, what the fuck? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I miss this format. I, I want more of this. I want closure. I don't want to think about this episode after, you know, Monday night, but, you know, I've, I've chosen a poor, poorly in my career. <laughs> This is true. We've made a lot of mistakes. Um, Rachel and Serena P. already have roses. Um, Somehow, even though Serena didn't make eye contact with Matt during the yoga. But uh, anyway, she's still here. Uh, And which leaves 
Bree, Piper, and Michelle waiting to see who gets picked. And um, he picks Bree and Michelle. Yeah. Uh, were you at all surprised by that? Yeah. Yeah, I really was. I really thought he had a connection with Piper. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I did love how she just, like, walked out, didn't say a fucking thing, opened her own door, and shut her own door behind her and just mm-hmm. left. Yes. Uh, yes. Like, Thank I feel you. like we've said queen shit very inappropriately <laughs> this season. And yes. I want to take all of it back. This is queen shit. Yeah, this is right there. This particular, she got in. I was like, did she just get in the car by yeah. herself and shut the door? Yeah. Yes. She left Gumby oh. by himself on the sidewalk without, like, him yeah. getting to say anything. Mm-hmm. It was amazing because, I mean, I feel like I would be the most hurt if I were Piper because, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, Abigail and Kit had the chance to leave sort of on their own terms. Mm-hmm. And she didn't get an explanation. He could have done her a solid and, like you know, said something to her beforehand. And a lot of bachelors do that at this point in the game. Like, they're just like, I like, I care about you, but you're not, like, my person. And mm-hmm. then they, like, l- let them leave sort of, like, on their own terms almost so they're not embarrassed in front of everybody else. Right. And he did not right. do that. And he wouldn't have done it with Abigail or Kit either. No, they had to – yeah, they had to do it. Yeah. My, yeah. my other thing um, – because we have, like, a couple minutes before um, Sophie hops on the call, mm-hmm. was I wanted to discuss the moment in the group date where Brie is like, I quit my job for you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because, yes. okay, this is what I, this is, like, totally, like, conjecture on my part. Mm-hmm. I feel like she said that and his heart sunk out of his ass. <laughs> and he was just, because I truly think, like, when we were predicting, like, top four last night, Mm-hmm. We predicted three of the four, like, kind of right after, you know, Serena. Mm-hmm. After Serena was, like, a guarantee, we were like, oh, yeah, Rachel's in. And Michelle. Michelle is in. And then yeah. we were like, it's sort of a toss-up for me between Piper and Brie. And mm-hmm. I feel like it was a toss-up between Piper and Brie for him as well. But yeah. Brie told him that she quit her fucking job. And the optics of him sending her home after that would have been so insurmountably bad like yeah i would i think even i think shit up for her yeah and i think he even personally because i think he's a nice man i think he also was like oh i don't want to do that like that's really like i'm gonna keep her on you know yeah he probably has feelings for he has feelings for all the women right but i do think that that was like a moment where he was like oh no no let me go ahead and just you know i also think he he knows who his top two is because we know who his top two is (laughs) We don't know, guys. We, just, we don't we just know. know in our, it's just like we, just we know in our little farts. farts. Yeah. <laughs> in our look gay hearts, we know. Um, like, we just have a feeling it's going to be between, you know, Rachel and Michelle, and we think Rachel ends up winning. Again, hope we're wrong about this, but... I pray. Um, I pray. I, I feel like it's almost more cruel to keep her around, because I feel like if it was only a week ago that she actually resigned, if she, like, mm-hmm. just texted them and was like, hey, mm-hmm. just kidding, like, he just sent me home, I doubt that it would be that hard to get her job back. But if he's just keeping no. her on for longer because he feels bad and then she doesn't win anyway, like, what the yeah. fuck? But she could potentially become the Bachelorette, and she could also get more um, I guess followers. that's true. That's true. So. And he understands the Instagram game better than anyone. So, yeah, that was the episode. (laughs) Yeah. 
We oh, did it. That was the best one yet. We should keep all of our episodes this short. I think our mental <laughs> health would be a lot better. Um, Fuck that. But no. Yeah. But no. Um, yeah. So we're going to have up. like a, a brief intermission and then mm-hmm. we're going to hop back in and introduce friend of the pod, Sophie. Woo! Hi. Oh <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm so excited. Yes, we are too. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been a long time coming. Um, we met you last summer uh, when you sent in a recording. We we posted asking people if they wanted to send in recordings about racism in the franchise. And you were uh, so nice to send one in. And that was wonderful. And then um, we just became fast friends. <laughs> uh, immediate. Immediate. It was just beautiful. <laughs> we have a group chat now on the Instagram. We call it Safe Space. And <laughs> it's so beautiful. It has Nisi, Amber, Aretha, and Connie. And it's so good. And I pop in every once in a while to just see what uh, horrible things Nisi has said about me. And I always <laughs> love them. I think they're amazing. Nisi is my sworn frenemy. I love it, though. <laughs> and I think... And I think it's because she's Jamaican and I'm Haitian. I mean, our <laughs> cultures have like a deep-seated um, <laughs> a war, but yeah. she's my friend of me and I love her to death. But she's Amber, um, Connie, Aretha, they're just amazing. They, yeah. I was literally in tears about 30 minutes before coming on here because um, I think it was Connie who said that Tia gave her whole state COVID. So... <laughs> So so we're not allowed to are. talk about that. We're not allowed to talk about Mama her. Mia. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Sorry. It's a You're joke. Fine. It's okay. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I feel so safe with y'all. Like I'll let my whole self show up here. So please, no, please do. Cause I'm we want to talk about shit. her, but it was just like a personal goal to just like stop talking about. Oh, that's because- right. That's right. Yeah. No, she's, <laughs> she's like hot garbage but uh, yeah. thank you. that's Perfect. all i'll say <laughs> I love that. so um can you briefly like tell our listeners a little bit about who you are like what you do how long have you been watching this shit show yes because that's what it is um so hi everyone my name is sophie james i'm oh i'm gonna be 35 i was about to say i'm 35 so i'm like no bitch calm down in four months <laughs> you'll be 35 um 35 originally from haiti um raised in well no i was trafficked by my parents Mm -hmm. sent to boston uh uh, exploited there florida and when i escaped um i lived in florida for a little bit and now i live in chicago so that's it's so hard for me to start like oh what about me because it's like i can't separate that from yeah you know Mm -hmm. um and so i'm a political sociologist and I exclusively do research in human trafficking um, at the intersection of gender, race, um, legal status, um, and so many other components. Um, And mostly I look at it from a macro lens of like how systems create, you know, the mechanisms for exploitation and trafficking. And, um, but also I look at kind of the trends on the ground with these, you know, organizations that claim to want to combat human trafficking. Um, and it's either in two camps. The secular camp is very politicized um, and very white space. And the faith-based camp is still a very white space, but you're trading off one point of uh, exploitation for another, you know, claim Jesus for us to save you, right? So there, there's so much... 
and I'm really, really truncating all that I look at. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But so I researched those, um, those kind of themes. And now I work for the Office of Victims of Crime out of mm -hmm. the DOJ, which is, it's kind of hard because I look at DOJ, one of the arms of fascism, but yeah. um, in this small department, in the human trafficking department, you know, that's where I do the work that I want to do when I have a seat at the table to affect change. And my work now consists of, with my research background, helping all of the federally funded organizations, and there are thousands, <laughs> They, um, if they're claiming to combat human trafficking, they go through their OVC and that's where they get their grants. Um, and those who are funded, I work with helping them, you know, build capacity needs and actually meeting the needs of their clients. Um, and of course, I bring my entire critical race background with that because 98%, no, 95, because the remaining five are in rural places um, that have largely indigenous um, uh, population that they work with. But 95% uh, of these organizations, they're in largely urban areas, and there's mm -hmm. an overrepresentation of black and brown um, women, men, boys, girls that are... Um, you know, trafficked. And so how can you say, how can you work in these spaces and differentiate, you know, your solutions, but then you're largely saying you don't see race. Right, like how, yeah. make that make sense for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's so, why you're there to like so, bring that, bring your history and who you are to bring the table and like actually yeah. do change. No, I love that. No. And it's, and it's tough because, you know, straddling that survivor professional lens i was a consultant for so many years and it it's almost like these organizations they predicate themselves on outing you without you kind of deciding do i want to lead with this right and and i navigate that and that was really tough um and there's a lot of retention there but then now kind of being on the other side you know i left when i was 17 what i'm not good at that but like 18 years ago essentially and kind of being a professional, I still have to navigate that, especially when I'm working with, you know, um, when I was doing direct service with with victims, um, self-disclosing, you know, choosing when I do that, just to kind of like validate their experience and kind of like everything you're telling me is actually an appropriate reaction to the abuse that you've you've come out of and different things yourself yeah. yes and yeah. so kind of, i would i remember there are times where i would stop the recorder and tell a young girl i was talking to i was like um, i might probably get fired for this i don't care but I, I i can't leave without telling you this or i can't leave without giving you this um and and yeah so now being in a largely more professional space where not a lot of people know my identity um, it's tough. Like, it, it's like you're a fly on the wall and you hear what these people say and how they really think of these, you know, this population and it's mm -hmm. really disgusting. And so, and, and it helps me, what am I trying to say? It helps ground me, um, all that I've been through to kind of like know how to compose myself in that situation, but also that I'm in a place essentially having a seat at the table where I can affect change more. Mm -hmm. It kind of balances out. Um, and for the rest, there's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably what you drink when you watch The Bachelor. Have you been watching it for a long time? Yes, I've been watching it since the very first season. Oh, my. And 
and Lord, oh, how? <laughs> exactly. So Tequila. given by my self-disclosing, there, there, yeah, uh, pop culture and uh, education is were largely my saving graces from my childhood. Um, but I kind of, it, you know, looking back now, I'm like, okay, getting sucked into the Saved by the Bells of it all, the Buffy's, the mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek. I was like, yeah, I was a shoe in for this shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> this garbage you're being, you know, uh, drinking out of a fire hose of, <laughs> of white bodies and love. And then of course, yeah, Bachelor, I'll watch that. Joe Millionaire, I'm there. Oh, yeah. Um, that show should still be on. I want to know that, like, this person has money before I partake in this venture. Oh, my gosh. And and I think, I wonder what that would look like in today's space, because the look on her face in their similar, after the final rose or whatever, where they're finally out as a couple, and for her to find out that this man is baroque as hell. <laughs> That's like the meanest thing I can fucking think of. Because <laughs> but told everyone's like, getting sued. I'm suing all of you. <laughs> no, that's essentially like kind of what it is today, though. Because everyone, like, obviously, all the people that went on for Joe Millionaire were in it for the quote unquote like wrong reason or whatever. <laughs> of course. But like f- tricking them into just being like, oh no, he's a poor no, mm. um, mm. was so cruel. And now it's sort of just like, yeah, everyone again is here for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. but there's a career afterwards now, whereas exactly. like before they just looked like an asshole. <laughs> and kind of like the, um, the, the want the philosopher in me that's like, well, you didn't give her all the information to make a sound decision. So ultimately this is wrong. Like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. And so what if I want to marry him for money? That's my choice. Of course. Um, and, and so, you know, it was set up for them to fail because then it it's largely not on this guy lied to you um, this entire time of your courtship, but it's, we're judging your reaction. Mm-hmm. So it's it was it's just largely toxic. Um, Which is but like yeah, what we I think we watch the show for a lot now. Even we just sit in here to watch everyone's reactions to things. <laughs> yes, so. we do. Like <laughs> I, I want to see the train wreck because um, mm-hmm. I think, and I don't know if we'll get into this later, but there's we're now seeing how the the line is being drawn for you know smart consumers like us who. Mm-hmm. We can navigate how how much we pour into a reality show when we largely know that it, there's so much um, production and, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt as opposed to the other people who largely look at it just to reaffirm their supremacy. And mm-hmm. so believing everything to the point where now we're, our goal is to attack and, um, and essentially ruin the lives of the contestants of color. Mm -hmm. We're coming on and telling you, no, this is a heavily produced show that's also engaging in real life, real world consequences of racism, perpetuating it, um, and the microaggressions that come along with it. And for you to sit in your heavily um, shielded reality and tell me that my existence isn't real or asking for accountability um, should be met with such vitriol, like mm-hmm. we're, we're going to fight. Like those are fighting words. So <laughs> it's, it's like being a, being a, a smart consumer of, of television um, as opposed to those who want to just reify their identities and supremacy, like that line. I never thought I'd see that line be drawn in The Bachelor, 
because circling back, even as a kid, I still knew this was a white show. Yeah. Yeah. And as I got older and, and I believe I touched on this in the recording back in the summer, like it would, if, if I've happened to find one other person of color, or black person who would watch it. Um, cause it wasn't in my friend group. Cause they're like, why are you watching that trash? Um, <laughs> they, it, the joke would be like, Oh my gosh, you see how, how that black girl made it to week three. Like it, it was like a, it was like a shock or dang, did you see how they let her walk on TV with her wig, you know, sh- uh, shifted, wasn't centered, you know, like mm-hmm. these things that as a black person, you can see like culturally and visibly what that means automatically that they didn't give a fuck on, on this set. So the early until Desiree season, when it started to shift into the younger crowd, like very, very young and, and you know, it started to turn into like a love island of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you're not here for the right reasons. Like, stop trying to, you know, pretend that you are. Um, it, to me, I knew unconsciously and very consciously this is a white show. And mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll watch it just because, I mean, the Andrew Firestone drama of it all and the Jen Sheft you know, like those stories gripped my heart and the Tristas and the mm-hmm. Deanna Pappas who oh. dated the brother and, and married that one guy with a very strong chin, like cut a block <laughs> of cheese. I mean, even Desiree season engaged to him really and got then me. dated the brother of the guy she dumped. What is the incestuous of it all? It was, <laughs> it was a lot. But, yeah. but Desiree was even, she was still kind of, even though it was shifting to the younger side, because what they had Soldier Boy on there and they did that <laughs> so rap true. video of for the right reasons. Oh, trash. Um, but I mean, they were still kind of putting that wholesome girl next door, mm-hmm. you know, um, white girl lead who was so blindsided by Sean um, because her crackhead brother just. Oh my God, I just forgot him. he was on TV. Holy and, shit. and Sean was like, I don't want this. Back. Oh my God. No, <laughs> I, like, I don't. So I've, I've been through it. I, I, from the beginning, like I've seen it all. Oh, that's so wild to me. What you just described, um, Desiree is like before when I jumped back in, like I started with like my mom when I was like really little also. And then, you know, yeah. I just was not on my radar for a really long time. And then like got dumped, you know, and just was like, what is on Hulu? I've seen everything. I hate Grey's Anatomy right now. And then I was just like, I want to watch something fake and stupid. So I turned on The Bachelor. And so I think the last, the season that I watched at that point was Nick Vial. And then I just started working backwards a little bit. But what you just said about like incestuous brother, I'm like, I need to write that down. So I like can watch that immediately. I am so interested in this. I want to go back to old bachelor immediately. It was, there's something very, uh, because if you watch back, you can believe they believe they were in it for the right reasons. Exactly. That's why Desiree's get gets me. I have, Oh, you have to go back Danica. So good. I really, I'm so excited. Maybe Um, we'll do that on the off season or something. Yeah, we have to do that. Um, So, like, as much as I want to hear more about, like, brother fucking. um, (laughs) Not brother fucking. (laughs) Who says white culture doesn't exist? I want to hear about brother fucking. (laughs) Okay. The Cersei and Jamie Lannister of it all. Give it to me. So, like, um, there's just, like, some stuff um, we need to 
cover from like especially from this week um Mm -hmm. we usually do a segment called like bad behavior we just talk about like the things that happened since the last time we talked on tuesday and unfortunately everything has sort of happened since tuesday yeah Um, but just like very briefly wanted to talk about um like demi's tweets from last night which were Mm -hmm. really unfortunate um did you get a chance to see though that those beautiful treasures of awful that we're talking about beautiful um and i would like to say for the record i've hated demi since she walked out of the limo for Mm -hmm. colton you are smarter than we are that that was just a and then immediately being hailed as the tell like it is girl Mm -hmm. um but it's more palatable because she's white Mm, Um, exactly that's I've I was hip since the beginning and I just and I just never liked her because she she jumped on Tasha and Tasha was painted ironically as the aggressor when she was actually speaking the truth um, and had to go to paradise to have a redemption edit but and that's honestly followed Tasha this entire time I think we talked about when she was when her ex husband went on reality Steve people were still mm-hmm. being like well Tasha's a bitch I'm like excuse you what. Like where, and it's like, I feel like it started in Colton season. She got painted as some kind of aggressor and it just followed her the entire time. And that mouthpiece was, was Demi. Hold on. Amelia. Off. (laughs) Oh my God. My cat's insane. She's like walking on the counter trying to lick the dirty dishwater. (laughs) We're on TV. Um, So. Can you write that down? No, we're keeping that in. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's fine. We'll take my clap out. Uh, yeah. So I, last oh night. God. So, yeah. but I wanted to also preface is that Michaela and Taylor had a live, um, eight p.m. my time, mm-hmm. so six probably Pacific, mm-hmm. and they said a lot. And and I'm and I was kind of like, oh gosh, I don't want to sound like I'm just regurgitating what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I heard about. I knew that uh, Demi says, I'm going to kiss my ass. Anybody's coming for Heather. That's the, that's all I heard. And then Taylor went and read the whole thread. And I was like. <laughs> so for our listeners who maybe who do didn't have to see fight? it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For listeners who didn't really see it. She went on like this all out Twitter defense of Heather. Mm-hmm. And was just really saying some wild and unnecessary stuff. Um, just like any girl that's mean to her can catch hands. And like centering herself a ton. Saying that like. Saying uh, that she like like the season or like the show ended after her, her. season yeah, and just really like not good. And a, a trove of, like, of fans want to meet her, cut for clout. Mm-hmm. Who is chasing you, baby girl? Who? Yeah. Actually, after you called a paparazzi on yourself, you and Nick mm-hmm. Vial, who's chasing you? <laughs> Girlfriend. And so the yeah, out of uh, here. Black women from Bachelor Nation, like Taylor and Kayla, came and like reminded her of her place. <laughs> And then she went on like a whole like apology tour on Twitter that was just basically, I don't have a PR person. I say the wrong thing. I'm a huge sack of shit. And like, literally the Confederate saying, in the jacket with the Confederate flag on it that my ex's dad's cousin's me. coworker gave him to give to me. Yeah. So it's not really me. Well, and it's a Yeezy jacket, so what? I'm okay, right? Okay. I know. <laughs> okay. 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 That just my blood pressure spikes. <laughs> Yeah, we got uh, to calm down for just a second briefly so that we all don't like die of a heart attack. But I think it's like, I think just like briefly, it's so weird to just blame like your shitty behavior on not having a PR person. So you're just admitting that you're just like naturally a shitty person, but you don't have anyone to filter like a professional to filter your thoughts through. That's actually just worse than you just admitting that 
you were wrong or like crappy you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and also saying like oh i'm such a piece of shit isn't an apology that's just sort of like the white guilt that was on full display because as i've been tracking the tomfoolery the bullshit that's been going on in bachelor nation and also the you know the the black women who largely stepped up to you know that are just they can't allow they can't sit back even at the expense of the emotional labor and Mm -hmm. the death threats Mm -hmm. um and the violence that's coming their way yeah so taylor michaela two black girls one rose um so many others that have stepped up all the the uh black women of color of the season the guys stepping you know showing um stepping in solidarity what i've seen that's been taken for granted out of all those great talking points because there's so much that they've covered from colorism to featureism to microaggressions to and and you know doing that play-by-play of why what chris harrison said was wrong Mm -hmm. there's still things that are taken for granted that the rhetorical strategies that white people have at their disposal to navigate mm-hmm. yeah. that anchors yeah. white supremacy. So you mess up. Oh, I don't have media training. Oh, I'm just so dumb. Oh, white tears. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Q X Y Z. Oh, I'm a she's she's a good person. She's a Christian. He he mm-hmm. he he's mm-hmm. they're taking his job away from him. Mm-hmm. All these things. These trump cards. No, well, I guess pun intended. You know, they're all, you know they're all MAGA. So all these things, the rhetorical strategies that white people have that shield them from and 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 really just stops the discussion because where can we go from there, right? How can I compete with your tears, um, tears, your intellectual intellectual capacity, however diminished it is, mm-hmm. once you say these buzzwords, yeah. and if I move an inch or if i try to counter that at all i'm labeled angry black woman right um salty jealous all these different things well when you have those rhetorical strategies at your display there's a lot of trauma from that alone but i'm sorry oh no 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 um i was gonna just like agree with what you're saying like it was it's hard for me like even as like a white person to navigate like how to have those kinds of conversation when someone's just like shutting down like oh, I get it. I'm a piece of shit, whatever. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. first of all, that's not an apology. We weren't calling you an, a piece of shit. Like, most of mm-hmm. the time, these people are just like, this is an example of what I'm talking about. I'm calling you in or I'm calling you out or I'm being mm-hmm. aggressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they can't handle any of it, regardless of like which kind of, you know, level of feedback they're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, it's hard for me to imagine what it would be like as a black person entering that space, just being like, having to navigate how careful you have to be with like fragility that's exactly like this when she actually is like unfortunately kind of beloved because of too many graces that people have given her exactly the grace it all boils Um, down to that and it does circle back to that because just think of just in a regular interpersonal relationship regardless their race whatever their lived experience Mm -hmm. Imagine someone slighting you, offending you, disrespecting you, and as you're voicing that, they start crying, and then now you're triggered to console them. 
Yeah. Anyone, a ther- therapist, anyone looking, any, you know, external observer looking at that, like, that's wrong. That's manipulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you then um, inject white supremacy into that, the feminization of whiteness, mm-hmm. um, you cue all these things that white women have been able to use to kind of overtly be just as violent as men, you know, mm-hmm. who can resort to to violence, to gendered violence, so all these different things that they have at their disposal that we can easily look at like, oh no, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, rape is wrong. Yeah, but so is this person, instead of sitting in that discomfort and just saying, I apologize for anyone I've, I've harmed, I'm gonna take some time to reflect and then immediately hop back on because you gotta show your face. These PR statements are, they're only as good as, they were on paper, I wipe my ass with them. That's their, <laughs> that's their utility. Yeah. at this point That's and true. so to then leverage your physical body to show the ways that you are learning from this not just the ways like what you've learned like having to show sorrow because you cannot you know the the caitlin bristows and the people who are doing these knee-jerk reactions to you know protect their brands and these teachable moments while they're learning and waiting for another teachable moment, someone else is being murdered. Someone else is being dead. Someone yeah. else is dying. Someone else is being um, assaulted on the street for no random reason, just for having, um, uh, just for the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Right? We're looking totally. at the rise in violence against Asian American Pacific Islander people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at the screenshots of people's DMs being called cunts and people threatening to rape them, being doxxed, all these things that have real tangible, like actually like death. Yeah. Like that's, that's the consequence of that is death. And so while you're sitting there waiting to be taught or learning, because where is this learning happening from? Didn't you put a black box over the summer? What have you been learning? Right. Show, show me the courses, um, to this online school, the University of Phoenix, show me the classes that you you, you registered for to, to show me that you're learning. Where yeah. where are the receipts, right? So as you're learning, um, and I'm going to butcher this, but James Baldwin, you know, this is about 50 years ago, he's in an interview and he's like, while you white people are waiting to be taught and to learn, I'm having to see this trauma get passed down yeah. intergenerationally with nothing yeah. changing. So, so what are we really talking about here? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sorry. And I, I'm verbose too. So y'all gotta No, okay. Well, we love it. No, we're like I think no, I want this to be a conversation. I don't want to monopolize oh. it. No, no, no. I, I think you're so right though, and I don't want to like interrupt you with my fart joke. Um because that's all <laughs> I'm thinking of. But like, no, I really think that like for these like um for like the demis and the Caitlins of the world, they're apologizing immediately because they feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. It's not because they've actually like learned anything and Mm -hmm. so like sometimes when i think when people get called out like part of the i think jenna and i've been talking about this a Mm -hmm. little bit is just like do we keep pressuring these people to put out a statement or do we actually just like let them like what is like the balance of doing that because like if they respond immediately it's probably because they're embarrassed and they don't want to be in trouble anymore and i mean there's there's both to it i think like you know i i dm'd caitlin a couple weeks ago when she did the chelsea hair um incident Ooh. i know I, it's horrible 
we we don't have the time to get into it, but I I I, I mean we do of course. But I, I uh, yeah I messaged her and I and I did like you know I practiced some allyship with her. I said white woman to white woman, you understand what we did is wrong, right? Yes, we had a conversation, and she's just like I feel horrible, I feel ashamed, I feel all these things, and I said good and then i and then i furthered it and i said well okay but you have i'm like and i'm telling you this i'm like I mean, you have to sit in this pain because this is going to help you in the future to like I'm, I'm so sorry my cat really is trying to destroy my apartment amelia <laughs> oh my gosh okay i'm so sorry but yes white women to white women you have to understand yes yeah, I, I was I'm like just listening. sit in your pain and like this is going to help you in the future to not make as many hopefully as many big mistakes because you're going to remember the pain you know you remember not to touch the stove after you've touched the stove yes. and so like let that pain remind you not to touch the stove again and you're gonna continue to do it but like as somebody who's a white woman in the white supremacy system that we in but like just ah, uh, and, and I do think it's a knee jerk reaction, of course, a lot of times. When I, I, I think up. though too, like it's just um, like if you're at this like status that they are at, like if yeah. you have just like a few people that that are like reasonable and like calling you in or out or you know whatever is going on, um, you naturally feel embarrassed. I think that's a mm -hmm. normal feeling to have. Oh, yeah, but I certainly. think they also have so many people like in their corner being like, you didn't do anything wrong, queen. Like, you're fine. Don't listen to this. And so like, they're just like, truly at a loss. I think a lot of people don't know like truly what they believe in a lot of them. It's just like performative because like they know that they're going to get flack if they post this and they're going to get flack if they post this. And so yeah. they're somewhere sort of in the middle, which is like not where I sit and mm -hmm. not where I would feel comfortable sitting, but they just feel uncomfortable because they're like in the middle of like picking a side on something, mm -hmm. depending on like wherever society's at in this current moment. Mm -hmm. And so like when, you know, like people generally speaking on the left are like calling the Caitlin's of the world to apologize, the people on the right are like, what the fuck? No, don't apologize for that. Yeah. And they, they, but they've cultivated that following also. That these yeah. are the people that they wanted in their corner, and these are the people that they have in their corner. So they don't know what to do. And so just like sitting with embarrassment when they're getting praise and criticism at the same time must feel really uncomfortable. Um, and to add to that too, they're dealing with what celebrity has kind of morphed into because of Instagram and social media where you're one click away from being catapulted not even you know it's not even overnight anymore it's literally minute by minute or hour by hour mm -hmm. right you're just catapulted into the limelight and um you're you are your brand mm -hmm. but also who were you before then right mm -hmm. like what kind of person what what kind of responsible consumer were you beforehand where you're now your brand is to um get other consumers to come buy into you because you are essentially your brand um there isn't this kind of exclusivity that we have like with film stars or musicians or other things like that like where old folks like me remember growing up um because they have their art at least like you can connect with their art or whatever they're doing and influencers and bachelor nation people are selling themselves or the most marketable part of themselves whatever that is they are essentially like the gig economy side of celebrity 
yeah. right? They, you you yeah. can essentially create a market and then build your brand off of that as hollow and as temporary and as fleeting as it can be. So, but with that, those who, and because it's, it's a gimmick of sorts, if you've now been able to kind of curtail the market where it works in your favor and you have longevity in this, like Caitlin Bristol's, like Nick Biles, mm-hmm. like other people who, because there's been some other folks who've tried to ride that bastard nation train and they've, we don't hear about them anymore, right? Ed. Ed. <laughs> oh gosh, I was like, wait, who is he again? Thank um, you, my point, exactly. Exactly, so if you're now at this stage where you've ri- you've entered the market, the celebrity market through this kind of hollow just machine of you, you are your brand or, or whatever, and now you're actually entering like real markets. Like you, she has what, a wine, she has her own wine yeah. label, her scrunchies. She won Dance with the Stars. Now, essentially, it's like she was a drug dealer, and now she's able to own business where she can clean her money. Oh, hmm. fuck! Now she's you're you're you you are cemented in your celebrity now, where yeah. your platform actually does matter, and the clicks and numbers like is building your wealth. Yeah, it's not just fast money anymore. You like now these people are helping you build your wealth. So job, yeah. yeah, damn right. It is your responsibility, if not an obligation for you to be able to um, come out and just condemn racism or if not <laughs> sit in your embarrassment, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars or maybe 250 people leaving your page. When like people, give me a like, fucking when break. People, like um, Taylor lose 5,000 followers in the week of the insurrection. Jesus Christ. Literally. So, anyway, we got. Oh my God. We There's so many different. Ch- oh gosh. Like, I'm an atheist. So I keep saying JC because that's the the Catholic in me that was, you know, I was spoon fed that shit. So I apologize for anybody I'm offending by saying, you know, good old JC. Oh, I think, I'll just say I JC think we've done worse for sure. For <laughs> me, evangelical also. Speaking, I've definitely speaking done worse. Speaking of JC, we have to talk about Hannah Brown. Um, oh, briefly. Why? I fucking hate her. I know. We really, we really, we will only briefly talk about her because then we want to get to the real meat of what's going on lately. But, um, so Hannah Brown. Yes, I'm sorry for my tangents, y'all. Oh, please. No. Not at all. Never apologize We just want to, I want to hear what you have to say about Chris Harrison. <laughs> so that's why I want to like, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Because I want to hear about that. Ooh, I wanna, mess like, really Chris. All right. Say. So we're, Hannah we're Brown, there. Hannah Brown and Ben Higgins's fiance, Jess, who's a nobody, but anyway, she's attached to Bachelor Nation. Um, they <laughs> They both had their own antebellum photos surface this week as well because of course um and a, a brief context it does not matter but i just you know you have to say it like hannah wasn't going to these parties as a sorority she went to like a benefit party but it was still themed after the old south there it is just okay no just went just went to these sorority, sorority parties <laughs> ultimately like all, all of this is really fucked up um we don't again we're going to talk about it later so i don't want to get into the whole antebellum part of it yet because we're talking about Mm -hmm. later Mm -hmm. i want to just briefly talk about the two different types of apologies hannah deleted her photo did not that speak is about an it. apology yeah i apologize <laughs> that is an apology for this apologize for y'all digging deep famously <laughs> an apology deleting so deleted it and didn't speak on it whereas jess did a video apology where she was very straightforward, explained 
in very clear and quick terms why what she did was wrong, why attending those parties was wrong. She didn't make any excuses. And then she talked about how she's been having conversations with her college friends and her people who are also been to those parties to hold them accountable. I'm not, it's not our apology to accept. It's just, those are two different ones that I did want to see. Right. Like, you know, like Jess actually was like, this is wrong. I am sorry. I will mm-hmm. say like, I'm pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. yes. by Ben Higgins and by his fiance, because I would not have expected, like, I would never in a million years have expected these kinds of responses mm-hmm. from him and from her. Ben Higgins also posted a thing, it, you know, we'll talk about it later again, the Chris Harrison of it all. But, like, he posted a thing that was wildly just, like, Chris Harrison is my friend. I do not condone what he did. Sometimes your friends do things that are really disappointing to you, and I hope he does better. And, like, to, like, ex- to, like see that you know like even five years ago from ben that would have never, never happened five never years happened. ago oh hell no hell no and and to note too i think he was one of the one of the few if not i don't and i don't i wasn't tro- tracking anyone else's but i remember for ben explicitly saying his name and for him to be yes. such in the camp that chatty broads you know jokes and i, and I believe it'll happen that ben ben higgins will replace chris harrison unless chris harrison clones himself or freezes his body so you know he doesn't die but um that's how in the inner circle ben is so for him to actually say his name where the other sycophants would just say my friend yeah Mm -hmm. like bitch we know who you're talking about like what y'all can't even say his 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 name you can't even put him on blast so that that says a lot about you the ashley i and jared's Mm, of the world and so a lot of them would just say my friend uh nick said my friend um i believe he did too but ben i remember him being his stuck out to me because he actually said chris harrison's name yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Hannah B versus Jess, you know, Jess with with all her baby hairs <laughs> swirled up in a top knot. I I respected that um, because a it was a video. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could see the discomfort. You could see, you know, just the um, the intonations like mm-hmm. she want she she was very explicit in wanting to um, come out and say I was wrong. Yada, yada, yada. And she did. She used language that was a little bit different from what you hear from those kind of anemic PR reports that just <laughs> kind of showed, okay, she's at this, this sounds like reflection to yeah, me. Yeah, like she's actually or, thought about it. Exactly. Or accessing certain words that you're saying. Um, yeah, you've thought about this and it's giving me some hints that you're probably going to move forward and um, be intentional with your actions mm-hmm. or, or action steps, right? What does, um, and, and plus her and, and, and Ben are like super Christians, mm-hmm. like yeah. God is life, life is God, all that stuff. So coffee so beans I, or I, Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> so, so <laughs> I, I wonder too, like the intersection of white supremacy and white evangelical supremacy of it all, what's that going to look like? in their walk with Jesus because Christianity is also a construct of white supremacy as well, but we're not, we're not here to have that conversation. So, so it's, it's, but whoever she's talking to, whoever she, I want to talk about evangelicalism or like Christianity and bachelor nation so bad. I will, we will bring you back for this. Okay. Cause I, I will say this. I want to be back cause I have Mm -hmm. a lot to say. Um, but whoever, that she's talking to, um, it actually sounded like she talked to an actual black person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But I say that with, you know, as little investment as I have in their story, um, because I, I don't really follow them, but also only her actions beyond this point will prove how valid her statement was. Yeah. But I appreciate the baby hair top knot. It was, I love to see it. <laughs> Going to Hannah B. Um, I do not respect her. I never have. She rode the wave of this kind of, um, this humongous wave, like the way the fan base circled around her because they saw their sister, mother, cousin, auntie, brother, somebody in her. Mm-hmm. And this protect Hannah at all costs kind of mentality, which I alluded, which I talked about when I said the recording in the summer. Um, and then when she declined to have to get Rachel's help to Ugh. kind of like have her walk her through yeah. what was wrong and to leverage her physical body to go on a live, you said with your whole chest, apologize with your whole chest, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, not talking to her for weeks and then pulling out her blanket statement and then doing that performative shit she did on her live with some black person. But we're not going to talk about capitalizing on on black death and trauma um, and the trauma point of it all that happened over in December 2020. Um, that's something else. But for her to do that, this is who she is. I'm not surprised. I don't want to waste any more energy on trying to, you know, dissect you know, it was it was hollow then and this just cemented it. But again, she has enough of people backing her where she didn't lose her anybody in her two million mm-hmm. following. She's not gonna lose her endorsements. Her checks are have all cleared. She has a hot boyfriend, um, because now she's a poster child of um live in your mess and God will reward you with the fine chiseled abbed dude. That's a that's a <laughs> bootleg canal street uh coach bag version of tyler cameron sophie we have who's also a bootleg birkin (laughs) (laughs) what are we we doing i need to like put everything you're saying on like the fuck out of here i don't trust it oh oh my gosh if we made this whole conversation into a t-shirt it would be ineligible but i want it still (laughs) yeah i still want it i just want it to be a thing Um, um ever so briefly and it's never going to be brief because, you know, it's it's just not going to be. But the Rachel Kirkinell of it all. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I heard Rachel Lindsay say Rachel Kirkinell. And then I was like, oh, I've been saying it wrong this whole time because I was saying Kirkconnell. Yeah. It's not our fault. Know. It's her family's fault, her ancestries. <laughs> Thank you. The Thank two you. slave-owning families that merged those two last names and yeah. thought that, you know, we'd want to say it. They Stop were, it! They were very wrong. Kirk or Connell, you can't have both. So, so she can't be mad how we pronounce it. Yeah. Anyway, Ra- racist Rachel finally released an apology. Um, in mm-hmm. it, she admits her ignorance was racism. Um, mm-hmm. she asks her friends and family and fans to not make apologies for her actions mm-hmm. because they are racist and wrong. Um, she didn't necessarily specify a ton of what her actions were, like, the actual things, nor did she speak exactly what she was going to do going forward. I will say, like, as it did seem like a Gen Z wrote it, and it was not bad mm-hmm. as far as uh, these text apologies go. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, at the time, it was way better than her counterpart, Mr. Harrison. <laughs> and, um, and we it still don't know... superseded his. <laughs> we still don't know if she was, like... If she could or couldn't say more, yeah. right? Goes back yeah. and forth about who, 
could she or could she not? Um, yeah. But it did take a while, regardless, and it finally came out, though. And it, it was nuts to me that, like, her response was just like, yep, I fucked up. Um, and it was after Chris had just gone on this whole tirade about, mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck ever he was on that night. But, um, and th- this, this is sort of let it, like, it's not a spoiler because Jenna and I aren't spoiled, but it's just like Chris's whole apology made us think that, you know, just Rachel wins in the end. So he's oh, like really, for- like, really going no hard in the pain. For- <laughs> yeah, Chris Harrison just did that for us. Yeah, uh, mm. fuck you, reality, Steve. Um, Chris Harrison spoils also everything. Um, but yeah, like, uh, her response is milk toast, and honestly, better than anything the franchise has put out. So, what did you think about it, Soph? Um, both things are true. Um, it, the Rachel, you know, I, I was thinking my thoughts on, on, on Rachel KC of it all. Um, cause I'm not going to pronounce her last name because what hasn't been said, right? Mm-hmm. Rachel Lindsay expertly said, um, all that needs to be said about that. Taylor, Michaela said it, chatty broads went in, um, and you both hit points too. And, and so when I look at the Rachel Kirkconnell of it all, I, I want to say this and if you have any Karens that are, you know, hate following you, this is for them white supremacy doesn't care about you either these white men that created the institutions to exploit any and everybody for their um just to make a profit it's as it's as carnal and it's as baseless and it's as illogical as that white men don't protect white women too so you guys are caping really hard for dudes that don't like you. And this is why I'm saying that. Wow. Chris Harrison was so cemented in his whiteness. And, 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 and like I said, any and everything that's been said that needs to be said about him has been said. He was so sure of himself that he went on extra, made a whole fool of himself, attacked a black woman because he knew that the angle of infantilizing this white woman would be enough to placate the base and she would not get any backlash and they could go ahead and go to the after final rose and we would all accept their love story for what it is. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I have chills. Like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like 100% though. Th- that's what we're dealing with. So white women stop. Like th- white supremacy isn't here for you either because mm-hmm. imagine being this whole ass adult, 24, 25, however long, um to be told by your camp you can't speak let's just go with the idea that you can't speak on it mm-hmm. you did this thing you're being dragged on twitter you're being dragged on receipts left and right you're being dragged you're on tiktok it's blatant there's no yeah. Yeah. You're, we, you're there's so many receipts we get you from different camera angles cool. like <laughs> this is like it's very it's verified it's, sweetie. Yeah, it's like, we don't yeah. we don't need to enhance the pics it's you so they are sure, and they are being told by Chris. Mm-hmm. So, so Chris is a hand in this. So he, he, they don't, you know, production is like Chris Holmes a jump. They say how high and if head first. So stop pretending that it's this kind of like detached 
um, system and, and lines of communication was, there was miscommunication, bullshit. So you have to be so cemented in your whiteness that you knew that even if those pigs got out, I could go on extra, speak candidly because I can, <laughs> because I'm a white man, man. <laughs> with millions of monopoly money and be <laughs> so, be so, this man was, yo, this dude was tweet. He was so the high of whiteness. He was in it. He was tweaking. He was hallucinating because he was so sure that if he played this angle of infantilizing and reducing numbers off this girl's age and the shit that then, and all the rhetorical shit that white men do, the whataboutism and, and, and reducing people's of experiences to a fucking debate and political theory that the white base would be like, that's enough. We forgive her. So then all, all but ensuring that Matt picks her, Mm-hmm. Even though the receipts are there, every episode you can tell that he was going to yeah. pick her. Even yeah, I knew he was going to pick her night one. Um, and so that's what I have to say about that is that white supremacy is not here for white women either. And I kind of, there's a small part of me that feels bad for her because of that truth, because they tanked whatever your career was going to be from this. Mm-hmm. You and Matt's love story will be forever shrouded in this. Mm-hmm. And they were so sure in that that they told you not to say anything. He makes a full, whole fool of himself, and now you say something, and what? It- and I, I think that's part of the interesting thing in this season in, like, hiring a Black lead who has never been a part of the show before is, like, I don't know if he 100% knows how to, like, advocate for himself within these contracts, within this franchise, and she mm-hmm. doesn't either. Yeah. So they just married themselves to, like, a ship that is actively, like, not them. working for them in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, like, if I had, like, if I knew I had won a show and people were saying all this fucked up shit about me, whether true mm-hmm. or not true, you know, whatever, I'm mm-hmm. not, that's not me saying that what happened isn't true. Yeah. I would want to be able to respond to that freely and to, like, reach out to a friend who I've met who was an executive Period. producer on the show. I would assume they would allow me to speak my truth, even if it had to go through their PR or whatever mm-hmm. else and be cleaned up. Yeah, like, and even the ability for her to just go rogue and hop on a live. So you know, somebody on somebody that. would have captured it. Oh, they can't do that. I I don't think that they're allowed to do media stuff unless it is like approved by the franchise. Yeah, and they're just. I I feel like they're chomping at the bit to def- because I would too. I would be so chomping at the bit to defend myself, but I feel mm-hmm. like they're not allowed to speak or do anything unless it's approved by the franchise after okay. after the fact, you know. And and again, I, I do agree with that. And it so it goes to show as the six weeks played out, and it just became more clear that this was indeed you were engaging in explicitly racist things, right? Mm-hmm. That. Chris really felt his way, his angle, him coming out and saying these things, using these rhetorical tropes, rhetorical strategies and widely held tropes of infantilizing white women Mm -hmm. um, would save her. (laughs) And, and, and ultimately it's, it, it, it just what showed. And, and that's where a lit, like a tiny morsel, a scintilla of my heart feels bad for her where I'm like, damn girl, like what spawn con coins are you going to get? Where are you going to be fucking, you know, branding, uh, Activia? Like what, what are you going to be, 
what brands are going to follow you? So, so it's, so white women, white supremacy ain't here for you either. So that's, that's all, that's the only thing I'll say that I'm like, you know what? I haven't heard this angle for the Rachel racist Rachel of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, because any and everything that's, that's been, that's needed to be said. I mean, my Kayla Taylor, Rachel Lindsay, like, Two, two black girls one rose I love spitting it. facts i mean they were yeah. literally giving you like people go into school debt for the level of information that they were sharing and and i love how they made it so accessible with humor um and you are as well like you just and they, and they didn't you, have to you brought in this different angle that hasn't really been talked about and i super appreciate it mm-hmm so, and we're back, and we're back. that's an and old snl joke uh, <laughs> oh, that's that right. i that I butchered. So. <laughs> no, this is a comedy podcast, famously. I don't know when the last time we told a joke was, but yeah, fair. <laughs> we are. Chris Harrison. Um, we talked about him, right? Oh, yeah. He is a fucking that's, that's, joke. He's well, the joke. He's the joke. He needs to be fired. Um, famously. Period. We, I, I, kind of like what you just said um, about Rachel. Like, everything has been said about him. We, we are not necessarily, you know breaking any new opinions about his racist misogynistic mm-hmm. um ableist fat phobic white rich self um but i guess <laughs> I'm, I'm we gotta so, get there i'm let's, still let's, so mad so you know uh, last week he came out just oh sorry go no, ahead you got no you go ahead oh my god we should just start this over this is no, a mess i love it no it's, it's not <laughs> I, I don't, don't love it i'm gonna eat my chapstick if you keep this in. um it doesn't matter you don't care about me that much no so um <laughs> yeah let's start with the chris harrison of it all he came out with his uh well rachel Lindsay interviewed him for extra and did released a 13 minute clip of him unedited unfiltered um basically verbally um Truly mask off behavior. Mask off behavior to completely just like violating and violently Mm -hmm. talking to Rachel Lindsay. Spoke with his whole chest. Defended Kirkconnell unnecessarily. You talked a lot about that. He, you know, he defended all of this. He said the classic, oh, that was, I mean, what was it bad in 2018? The whole thing. Again, we, all of this has been talked about, but like. Not to interrupt you, but. That freeze frame of when he thought he said something so, so fucking funny. dope. Yeah, it's so true. He My knows. dude was like, oh, I can't wait to go back and tell Zima about this, man. <laughs> you know how many political science classes I've had with white dudes with faces like that? He really thought he said something, but he I, 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 I digress, uh, Jenna, but continue. No, it's fine. Um, I guess I wanted to talk about, because like I said, we've, there's so much to be said, but I want to talk about the harm that is being continued at his his harm that he did that day has been continued by the racist fan base of this show. Can I say one thing before we mm-hmm. hop into that? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I whole... feel I feel like um, when you're in Chris Harrison's position and defending like Rachel, uh, Kirkconnell, Kirkconnell, whatever racist Rachel um who like you know it's not been you know apparent that she's won yet or anything like when he's in this position he's sort of defending himself right yeah 
Because yeah. I feel like when you're in this kind of position and you're just like, well, can't we give them grace? You're actually asking for grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it became very apparent in that whole thing because he's using language like, ugh, can you imagine what I have to deal with? Like, the woke police. Trust me, there are people that will be on my back about this woke police shit. And then, like, literally 24 hours later, he's like, I am so sorry for what my actions have caused. Because people are like, hey, you're a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, even just, like, even just saying an asshole, not even a racist asshole. He's like, mm, I'm really learning and listening now. And I'm going to take a step back. And it's just like, are you taking a step back because you don't want to deal with it anymore and you're coming back? Or, like... What you doing? Because I think that's what's going to happen. Ultimately, he's going to like, st- like, I don't care if you're not here for after the final rose. Who fucking cares? We didn't need you there anyway. You're not in anything. But like your voice is in this whole franchise because you're the face and executive producer of it. You know? Uh you know, I was going to say there's so much that hasn't been said about there's so much that has been said about Chris. What's the angle to take? And you both just like cut to it. Yeah. Cut to it brilliantly because that's what's at the heart of this. Right. It's this idea that and then we have to give this historical context of cancel culture from the Me Too movement. These motherfuckers ain't mad of what they're doing. Uh-uh. They're mad that the system now is so fragile that they they can have ex- they can experience real world consequences. Yep. Yep. And those real world consequences is my checks won't clear moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And and because when the 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 dis Distorted, warped, kind of morally bankrupt buy-in for whiteness and patriarchy and elitism, capitalism, all all the isms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to deny the existence of any and everything around you. Mm-hmm. So now that's why the GOP and that's why certain political figureheads are fighting so hard that they will rather storm the Capitol than have equity and shared resources. <laughs> do, do, can, yeah, yeah. That's what you're dealing with. That's that's the uh, uh, that's the psychosis that or break in psychosis that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so, Chris Harrison going on the show and showing his whole bird chest, might I add, because he has nothing to flaunt and <laughs> he is just a bag of soggy white rice like overcooked white rice that is chris harrison sorry andrew that's what i made for dinner hate it i made i made oh chris God. harrison for dinner <laughs> well and chris harrison with some chicken like so. oh if he, he can be there's so many things that he could be that's personified dysentery um oh a bag salmonella. of flour just salmonella <laughs> covid well no well tia has that down but yeah. you know but 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 that's really what they're fighting about that's really what a fan base and all the people who saw themselves like oh i did that i've done yeah. it to a co-worker yeah. i've done that yep to my cousin who married the black person. I've done, the people who saw themselves and they're like, mm-hmm. 
oh, so racism is even as, you know, as, as, as a generic, is, is even as simple as a generic conversation. Like yep. I've done that. Yep. So then they harp back and are like, cancel culture, all this I, craziness. Because it's like repercussions. Yeah, they're perpetuating it further because they're projecting themselves and they're protecting themselves against what they saw and his actions. And then they continue that fight on in the comment section, in the DMs, Mm -hmm. creating their own petitions. I think this like opens up like a different conversation about how people view like cancel culture versus like how like people that view the show like we do, I think. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, where, like, we sort of view it as, like, more of, like, an accountability culture kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I trust you anymore, so I'm gonna give myself space from this until you've proven yourself. Mm -hmm. Versus people think that means, like, they can't make a living anymore. We're destroying their life, whatever. And, like, those things might be true, but they did them they did that to themselves mm-hmm. and we're just taking space from people who have caused harm to see if they're going to do better mm-hmm. or not do better. But what is, what is the, I'm running out of, you know, synonyms for um, psychotic because <laughs> to view the, to view what happened and you're seeing someone where Grace isn't extended to certain bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, We're looking for sure. at for sure. Breonna Taylor who got murdered while she was sleeping. And I don't know if anyone saw Judas and the Black Messiah detailing the life or the last year of Fred Hampton's life. Um, and, you know, being one of the founders of the Black Panthers in Chicago for sure. and being murdered in his own home while he was sleeping right? For, for daring to ask for equality, for daring to ask for resources, for daring to ask, you know, what uh, white people have been afforded all along. Yeah. And so when people who live, who basically are socialized on the defense, socialized in PTSD, and I'm not being hyperbolic, that's mm-hmm. really what it is. Mm-hmm. Like when I wake up in the morning, if I just want to cross the street and go to Target, there are so many different things. I'm like, okay, am I in the mood to see for this stare right today? Or do I want to cross street when I see a white person, you know, did they vote for Trump? Like all the different anxieties that is injected because of race and gender and all those different things. Um, there's a whole identity of people who have just this baseline of chronic PTSD, yeah. right? And these people are telling you, a picture of you celebrating the Old South where I would be three-fifths of a person hanging from that tree. The word picnic is derived from pick a nigga mm. to get lynched. And this is the garb that people wore at the time to do those things. Mm-hmm. That was legal. That was law. That was how you were socialized. That was identity. Yeah, that was the class of it all. Everything. Yeah. Someone telling you that is offensive and seeing a whole gang of people come out and say, this is ludicrous. This is ridiculous. And the God that comes and offends it, that's whose livelihood you're worried about. Yeah. hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. That's 
that's it. And so cancel culture isn't, it, it's not cancel culture. Yeah, it's accountability. It's when are we going to stop pretending that we are not a failed state? The, yeah, thank you. Right. Thank yeah. you. I think that- right? I, that, that's what the same things we yeah. bombed other places for less. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's a nervous for less. Here, but yeah, it's yeah. 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 I, ugh, I think that's been a lot of the internal struggle I've experienced this week too, is just thinking about like, when are we just going to stop and like really call this what it is? Like, let's just like, but then you have the fired. rhetorical, you have the semantic, the rhetorical strategies that when we do, for other for the for those who've been disenfranchised, we are labeled terrorists. Yeah. We're labeled ghetto aggressive. There are all these words that all oh, they do is strip racist us of our even. Feet. Right? Oh, oh. Well, well. Now you're being racist to, to me because you you called me a white person. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? If you don't sit your motherfucking ass down. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the 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 it, the idiocracy is sometimes what's more paralyzing yeah um i can imagine and, and they had to create QAnon, y'all mm-hmm. this is what they move they're moving themselves more and more into fringe Believing that global warming is is because of Jewish space lasers, y'all, because they don't want to give up whiteness. It's toxic. Shit. It's dangerous. They're creating a whole different kind of history textbook that's not based on facts. <laughs> like, <laughs> and be, and I think it's sometimes even worse because we are time is moving forward, right? We're advancing. Yeah. We, there's so many technological advances. And to be advancing so much, and we're in 21st century where, man, we if you were to look at the sci-fi films, exactly, but you're regressing that mm-hmm. much faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you don't want to share resources, you don't think that we need to hold space for Rachel Kirkconnell for her to you know, walk us through what was going through your head that day no, when you bought that dress that you could only find at that one antique store mm-hmm. to go to this very planned fraternity party to go all these steps of yeah. intention to create this idea, right? To celebrate the old South and we all old South is cut for slavery. And, uh, or to be lit to, to, to be, to remember what it was like to be able to do that. Right. Um, and we want to give grace and extend grace to her and like just have this after school special moment of walk us through that, Rachel, rethinking. Mm-hmm. But 12 year old Tamir Rice playing with a hand toy gun, a water gun, gets shot dead in the street and, and has to stay there for 30 minutes. Well, he must have done something. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a hoodie. Yeah, and I think one of the other things, too, is, like, we're dealing with, like, I don't mean to be, like, like, subscribe an age to the general people that we're talking about, but it's just, like, generally speaking, middle America, like, 20 to, like, 50 years old are the the general base of this show. Mm-hmm. 
And all of these people are just like, why are we still talking about racism? It was over, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. 40 years ago. They're also not recognizing that they live in the suburbs that have excluded Black people from living there. They're living in, like, places with HOAs that, like, mm-hmm. make it harder for, like, people of color and poor people to live there. They're, like, yep. living in all of these, like, places where they don't have to, like, live with any of that experience. And they're just... Most of them are so, like, either, like, willfully ignorant or just absolutely, like, ignorant, period, that mm-hmm. they they don't have to deal with the reality of it and aren't willing to accept something else. Mm-hmm. Those those people mm-hmm. are the parents of Demi's, the parents of yep. Caitlin. They're the parents. So they're still ushering a new generation yeah. into the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's true. And that's why sometimes it might be a little harder to um, get to, oh, shit, this whole time you've been a whole ass racist because it, it looks different. Mm-hmm. You have technology that they didn't have. You have colloquialisms that they didn't have. You have access to things that they didn't have. But it's still the same thing because th- that is literally your identity. Right. And right? this is where you see, like, where a lot of what we did um, before the election was just, like, who's a Republican, who's a Democrat mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. coverage. And mm-hmm. that's not to say that this person who's... um a Democrat isn't racist. No, it's just like, <laughs> it's just totally a look at like who they voted for and like do with that what you will, because that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but that's where you get people that are like on the left, quote unquote, but are still racist. Yeah. And because we live in this farce of a two party system too. Yeah. Which camp do the racists, the David Dukes of it all, which which camp do the KKK usually think is in line with their ideals? Mm-hmm. Republicans. So, yeah, you may not think you're racist, but the racists seem to be in line with your politics. Yeah, they, so yeah, yeah. wherever you line that spectrum, because he voted for Trump, because, you know, he would put more money in your pocket or he says the things. Man, he's not a politician. Yeah, and that's why he systematically you know, ran our country to the ground at a much steeper incline and much faster degree than any other botched politician, Mm -hmm. you know? And just because we, you know, ascribe to being Democrats, uh, I would assume that we're still going to hold our leaders um, that have, you know, won elections uh, fairly, you know, hold them accountable too. Because Biden is just continuing on his deportation of, Haitian immigrants and black and Afro-Caribbean immigrants on the same pace that Obama did. And Obama deported way more black immigrants than Bush. Bush is too busy, you know, trying to wipe the Middle East off the face of the earth. (laughs) And, you know, he's the IC, the International Criminal Court still have, you know, indictments on them. They can't travel to certain countries without being, without, they, they would get arrested on site because of, um, breaking laws against torture. So just be, you know, if we're looking at it through the the race, now I'm getting ahead of myself, Jesus. Um, <laughs> if we're looking at it through the race, well, yeah, the KKK and these, you know, the Proud Boys and these um, white terrorist extremist, extremist groups, they think that the right serves their political socio-political interests more. So yeah, 
if you vote Republican, it matters. we're coming. <laughs> it, it matters. So don't don't fucking try to pass that cultural relativism with me. Because it's it's intentional and politics is personal. Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred percent agree. And Fuck I think that that loops around back to like kind of what we were talking about before with like the Caitlin Bristows of it all, where it's just like, oh, you seem liberal, so therefore you're not racist. But it's clear that even in those kinds of spaces with like the women that we like quote unquote like trust to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. There's still things they need to do to unlearn, unpack. They're still participating in, like, like just, like, voting Democrat or being liberal doesn't mean that you've, you know, exonerated yourself from, like, racism or white supremacy in any way, shape, exactly. or form. Exactly, yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately, we all have to be anti-imperialist, anti-capitalist, because mm-hmm. that's another thing that's, you know, robbing us of our agency and... Um, Humanity. hundred percent. That's it. That's the word. You know what made me think of like um, when we were talking just now was um, I was listening to a podcast this week that I really love called uh, You're Wrong About. They're from Portland also. And they were covering um, Tipper Gore. Um, The whole like crusade with, you know, like um, labeling things as like R-rated shit. And it's funny because Gore was, like, the Democratic candidate, and she went on this whole, like, I I swear to God, like, if I didn't know the background of this, I would have sworn it was, like, a Republican-led thing. Like, we need to save the children (laughs) because they're being, you know, tarnished by, like, metal music or whatever. And, like, the Christianity of it all is being, you know, imploded because um, children, like, I, like... Literally, the whole thing was started because she didn't know that the Prince CD Purple Rain was going to be sexual. And I was like, okay, first of all, this is why Google should have existed. This is why Al Gore created the internet so that you would know not to buy your kid a sex CD, you absolute monster. (laughs) But, like, she created this whole ass thing that, like, they're Democrats, but, like, it's so close to being... Republican, they're they're just kissing at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, along the spectrum of what left centrist, right? I think centrist, and I think they would probably ascribe to being centrist, like Joe Biden does. They're very, I find centrist very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Incredibly, because they're some of the in my thesis work. I my question was how do service providers acknowledge or dismiss race or racism in providing resources in their anti-trafficking organizations? When I tell you the answers that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up and Mm. made me want to take a bath with bleach afterwards, it was not from the already visibly problematic for-profit organizations. Mm -hmm. It were the it were the the centrists who were placated by their and anchored by their Christianity, mm-hmm. and um, this very colorblind, tired, antiquated rhetoric. But they believed so much that said some of the most vile things I've ever had yeah. on tape. And I have to keep a and to that and you know to them they're like my personality is, you know I'm black but I'm in I'm in a university. 
I'm, I'm, I'm Haitian, but I'm citizen now. All these different things that they would just, I could see them, how they would recalibrate to then spew some more shit that they didn't even realize is some of the most heinous things you could yeah. say. So I think just it's like really pushing the themselves centrist. away from, you know, where they came from to like recalibrate yeah. to where they're allowed to have an opinion, I guess. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the ones that like the distancing that happens as if, because they're not wearing a white hood, that they're not dangerous. Yeah. That's the lie. That's the lie. That's the biggest lie. Damn. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised by the and I mean, I mean, to name your child Tipper, I don't know if that was her nickname, but <laughs> you could you I could mean, only that's your that's your legacy. You can only end up there. So, Yikes. So I think um you when you said that was like the biggest lie, I was thinking about so this this season's kind of a lie to us. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So it's the my it's it is by fact the most diverse season we have ever had, and the least equitable. Yeah. And that's all you have so to say about so that. So that's so that's the lie right there. And we want yes. to definitely <laughs> talk to you about the season a little bit. And you were talking about. Um, some you were saying colorism and featureism and some other yes, things yes, 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 yes. Synthesizing everything that everyone, any and everybody who's talked about this in Bachelor Nation, mm-hmm. um, dive, uh, dive, inclusion does not equate equity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You could have a knee jerk reaction by making Matt Romney your lead, and and let's talk about black exceptionalism here. <laughs> I have a lot of names. I have never heard that before. And I like, like truly. Matt Romney, Doja Matt. There's a lot of names. There are a lot of names for this man. And, you know, and of course, without having any context, um, I say things, you know, slightly in jest because there is a real thing about black exceptionalism where this is a tenant in critical race theory, but it's also <laughs> turn on TV. It's life mm-hmm. that um, interest convergence that the pace of uh, the pace of progress can only move insofar as if whiteness can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about putting a lead, do you know how many? When we're looking at the way they used to brand old bachelors, veterans. Christians, mm-hmm. um, great single dads, the widow, like the, mm-hmm. they would basically, you know, create this, you know, these boxes for men to fit in and, and that would in, in, in turn, oh my gosh, we need to give them a shot at love. Mm-hmm. We've had many, you know, black, um, male contestants like mike johnson hit. for example is like he's, but, veteran. and i was getting there he was the oh, ultimate one no 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 no. go go ahead go ahead yeah he was like a veteran he was like the most kind person i've ever seen very christian um he Super. is christian christian in the way that hurt me um, I burst into flames meeting him. He loves his mom. He loves his grandma. He wants to just meet the next like woman that he respects in his life. Like that, he like met all of and articulate like the yes. buzzword that white folks like to you know uh, assess where we lie. Right? right? He 
he and, and I'm not and I don't know if Mike would ever say this, but judging by how he's so lax on his podcast and how he mm-hmm. he comes in his whole, you know, authentic self, you you know, he'll he'll because he's a, a greatly intelligent guy. But then his uh, mannerisms and his black colloquialisms are more in effect than they were when he was on the show. Yeah. Right. Sure. Because we know we have to be hyper vigilant when we're engaging in the white spaces. Yeah. I've experienced it. I'm conditioned in that way. And I could tell when whose season was Mike on Hannah's that yeah. he was in that space Funny. too. And to make it as far as he did, mm-hmm. I think, but the only other person who went that far was Eric bigger from mm-hmm. Rachel season. So and when we're talking about black, except black exceptionalism that we have to come twice as prepared Mm -hmm. twice as polished to just be seen Mm -hmm. let alone we could have some like spineless fuck boys become the lead peter (laughs) and and then then he's saying we don't have we it mike mike johnson was the epitome of a consummate y'all said that you you couldn't find any you know contestants of color of quality which is all racist coded language. Thank you. Here's this mm-hmm. man, consummate, and then it, and then the veteran, like I mean, militarism just- and patriotism in this country. Like I thought, I was I was to the point where I'm like, damn, like if if they don't make him the lead, then clearly this is not that I was surprised, but I was like, if there was ever someone to be the first black male lead, it would be Mike, yeah. right? Yeah, it would be Mike. And so they put they put. Uh, Matt James in it, and it was a knee jerk reaction. Um, but then, what are Matt James's credentials? Um, biracial, biracial, MAGA, MAGA. Best hey. friend is Tyler. Went to Wake Forest. He, he, you know, yeah, Wake football, Forest is football. Wake Forest. All the white girls look like Rachel. Yeah, that's why I know that he was going to pick Rachel from night one. Yeah, because it's that's the vibe. Okay, yeah, that's 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 <gasps> the vibe. So. You're raised, and 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 this is not a dig against interracial relationships and marriage because that that would be too that would be like a six part docu series podcast <laughs> to break down the nuances That's, and all that bullshit. Of course, right? So which I would listen I'm to not if trying you did to it, make, but <laughs> I mean, I would want to because I know I, I I don't want anyone coming in and like scrutinizing and and picking apart my words to say this. It's like. I'm not saying this as um, interracial relationships, interracial marriage, um, biracial, mixed race identities is anything bad, Mm -hmm. but white supremacy has used it as a tool Mm -hmm. to promote this idea of what is more palatable and acceptable. Mm -hmm. The closer you, uh, approximating whiteness is always the goal. Yep. Yeah. That's why colorism is a thing. Colorism is privileges, but and I'm really re- reducing it because I, I want to be mindful of you, you, both of your time. But colorism is this idea that you have access to more privileges the fairer your skin lies on the spectrum of of skin tones. Mm-hmm. So then that would mean darker skinned individuals get the brunt of a lot of, of different uh, toxic, abusive treatment and mm-hmm. fair skinned individuals, which if we're going back historically, 
fair-skinned individuals, how they were introduced in American context was by rape. Yes. So there. Because Loving v. Virginia was 1950-something. Mm-hmm. So it was by rape. And then, of course, the pockets of relationships that stemmed out of Stockholm Syndrome that then begat consensual relationships. Of course. When people yeah. could navigate, when love was more important than safety, right? Because people would get murdered, imprisoned for, anti- for, for, for mixing um, races. So let's not like, we have to hold the weight of that. So, okay, so then we have the mini historical context. I was trying not to get go all the way back mm-hmm. there, but then we have interracial relationships with what they are now, right? Yeah. And and I, th- and this is stemming from conversations I've had with former friends who who were biracial, and they would talk about the pressures of you don't feel you belong in one camp, mm-hmm. and you're definitely ousted from another camp right? Because you're not white enough and you definitely are black enough. And, and that all stems from white supremacy and this division and this either or and, and this bifurcated idea of what's acceptable. And so, um, or bifurcated notion. And then it matters that he was raised by his white mom. Yeah, yeah. it does. In a largely white area yes it matters he went to a private school where predominantly white is people white and super racist north carolina wait yeah. wake forest is what yeah. virginia i think it's or north, north carolina. carolina yes north. somewhere yes. racist yeah and somewhere um, where he met tyler cameron in the somewhere wild somewhere where he met tyler cameron and then now therein lies the crux that's your best friend mm-hmm mm-hmm I, you know, the proximity some, to whiteness is is the whole thing. That's your whole view, and 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 I'm not his therapist. I'm not his his pastor to want to break down what was it like navigating because he's well, certainly certainly he's, he, to me. I couldn't tell. Not that I couldn't tell because I'm not a fucking scientist, but even though he's mixed race, I'm pretty sure to others he's black presenting. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. So. He's had to navigate that in all these white spaces. Uh-huh. So yeah. God knows probably what alone. He... Probably like probably 100% like alone. You can yeah, tell without the al- support of his mom, his friends, mm-hmm. etc. Because they're white. And, and I don't even want to get into the dark space of because because there is a out of all the the mixed race pairings, white women and black men. Yeah. In black culture, that is like the most sensitive. And 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 white men and, and black women too, for sure, but because of patriarchy, there's a lot more centering of black male perspectives with white women. Yeah. Because you're talking about just one sentence, black men could get uh uh taken from their homes and lynched. Yeah. Just for darting, looking, blinking towards a white woman. Yeah. Um, and, and so there, there's, there's so much of, from that legacy and, and then, so when his, when the first episode and his mom was talking about his, his black dad left him, I'm just like, shit, how is this going to be? I was, I really was like, now they're going to paint him as the black dead be dad who left this woeful white woman to raise these kids. And she did what she had to do. And she didn't have time to 
center their experience of growing up black and da da da. And so kids see that. And now I'm doing a whole psychoanalyzation. It's I'm not trying to, but those little things matter. It super matters. You 25, what was it 25 women of color and how many contestants? 35 this year? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I've always hated math and I, I just <laughs> did, I just math. I just retained enough to get that C because that was my A. I didn't give I didn't give a fuck. How is it that we have the most diverse cast and even going top four, 75% of them are only mixed race. The last black contestant was, I think was either Chelsea or Piper. Um and going into hometown, 75% of them are mixed race because you could see their families. One had a white, white parent. One, yeah. mm-hmm. And then even from that, all signs point to the white woman winning. Yeah. And let alone getting to the lot, the top four, it's this, this colorist and featurist. Because even though they're all what, uh, they they all are presenting um, ethnically ambiguous. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to to just guess. Like yo, you gotta write that in a black mom. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. It's not my place. So they're ethnically ambiguous presenting, um, even though they're and none of them are white passing or that fair skinned, but texture of their hair, mm-hmm. their nose. Mm-hmm. That's where you break down featureism. Featureism is more nuanced of colorism. Where okay depending on the tone of your the, the your skin tone now what are your physical features straight mm. hair or super curly hair super fine curly hair right because um the fade that chelsea was rocking that is not the same she's not gonna get treated the same as far as even getting suitors as of serena p mm-hmm or maybe Michelle even. Or, or, or Michelle. And Michelle, I was surprised not, it was surprising to see that uh, her mom is white. And, mm-hmm. but even though Serena P seems more fair skinned than her. So you start to break down these different nuances and all it gets you to is what's more palatable and approximates whiteness or some kind of beauty standard that. Yeah some kind of a legacy of European beauty standards that is more attractive or externally it's prescribed as being more attractive where Piper having to go on, I believe she was on Bachelor Happy Hour, having, having to explain the trauma that's held in your body when even trying to date. And I've experienced this too. And I have stories or I'm like, does this black man even date black girls? Mm-hmm. That's ingrained. It's it's not, it's not hyperbole, y'all. That shit is real, and it yeah. all and 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 I'm giving a very botched and you know informal conversation because I'm I'm talking with y'all, um, but that's where it comes down to the minutia of even features. If my nose is more slender and pinched he's going to look at me and think I'm, I'm cuter. And, and we can't blame Matt for his conditioning. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's all but a show that he's picking Rachel. Yeah. It's definitely not. not So it just circles back to inclusion does not 
equate equity. And we already, and this season was shrouded by what? White women voices. White women voices, had they been black, would have been blacklisted from the franchise. And we're seeing that. Last night, they made poor, blonde, frail, can I have some more? Oliver Twist, apparently (laughs) Heather's a fucking orphan and can't defend herself. What? You come in week seven trying to come for my man. I'm Mm. coming for you. Yes. I'm not going to say all that they said. Right. And And I I, I don't see Kit getting hate because Kit's been, Kit, even though I stand her for self-eliminating, venomous. That little girl, her mouth is venomous. That's a, that's one of the who got hate from last night. Hyper the the women of color. Oh yeah, yeah all of them. All really. of the women. And of then color. in a season where you have Victoria's bitch ass, had she been in the streets, oh my, it God. would not have been pretty calling <laughs> someone a hoe <laughs> exactly. and just spewing out bitch this bitch that. Oh, she's an escort attacking every single woman of woman of color that she can lay her hands on in it. Oh my God. What a wild card. Victoria's so crazy. Victoria, don't say that. Victoria, Victoria, Victoria. <laughs> no, this is like something we talked about um, before we hopped on um, the call with you was like, we were just like, Oh my God. Like, like we're <sighs> the Heather of attack of it all was just their reaction to how much bullshit they've been put through this whole season and Mm. like sure it was directed at her i'm honestly like pretty positive she did not know at what point she was coming on during the season but the amount of effort that bachelor nation is willing to put into defending heather versus what they were willing to do in defending the women of color who have been bullied from Victoria week after week after week or MJ over the whole season by Anna, Victoria, yeah. MJ or Anna yeah. is just, it's, it's period. Like that's it. Like it's I mean, just, you it's, can't say anything else. It's real. It's just racist. That's what it is. And I mean, like <laughs> I get racist. that Demi is friends with Heather, mm-hmm. but like if you're going to step in for what you feel is unwarranted bullying, you probably should have stepped in a little while ago. <laughs> and, like, Dylan should have stepped in a little while ago. Agreed. Like, if you're gonna, like, I I also feel like Heather got fucked over, but I'm not posting on my Twitter about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I think production fucked up a lot of shit for a lot of people this season. I feel like they did, like, a lot of traumatic things for a lot of people, but a lot mm-hmm. of the trauma was on people of color, and they put a lot of the emphasis for who was getting paid attention to onto, like, the white women. Yep. Even if they got kicked off early. Mm-hmm. So, like, ultimately, like, who benefits? It's the white people from this season. And, like, I haven't looked at the numbers of the followers of who's in, like, Final Four versus, like, everybody else. But, I mean, like... A lot of the stuff that I saw just, like, casually perusing Twitter for this last episode was, like, oh, poor Abigail, you know? And just, like, what the, like, what the fuck? What? I will say Abigail Abigail. Abigail is half Korean, um, but she does, you know, 
have that is if if, if white passing white passing was is the a, dictionary that you would, would be see it. her face exactly so i wanted to clarify that but i wanted to say the white passingness is is very adamant and 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 why she's getting that attention? Why it's, she's getting why that she's grace? Why she's getting the attention is because she's it's not that. because she's half Korean. It's yeah, because because no, she looks like yeah, yeah. Like okay, I will yeah. I will address that, but like yeah. it's also like people addressing you know like oh he should have paid more attention to her. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but it's just like there have been so many other people like. That he's had, like, connections. Like, where's the love for all of these other people? And I think, like, it's it's totally fine if you're, like, a fan of who you're a fan of. But it's very apparent where this franchise lands Mm -hmm. on, you know, like, who they're a fan of and who they're going to stand and who they're going to defend on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once again... It's just, like, it doesn't matter that there's, like, a diversity component on purpose mm-hmm. in this season because it's not the, – the the support doesn't land with the person – or the persons or the people that they were intended it to be mm-hmm. on, if that makes Period. sense. Yeah. And to add to that, the fact that we know that Abigail is even half Korean and I don't even know not, – not even, like, demographics, but – what 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 kind of personal intangible what kind of personal tangible information do we know about uh, wholly about the black or women of color contestants exactly i don't know one thing about serena c no 100 percent. i don't know anything about crystal who they they sent home we had four corporate lawyers or mm-hmm. three three maybe. Th- yeah. three i think three two corporate one was a lawyer in in another field yeah. So how do you? I I know nothing. Know nothing, but we know. I know about nothing Abigail. about Jasenia un, until her squabble with MJ. To 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 the the beyond. I mean, that should tell you enough that you're getting more screen time depending on which white woman you're fighting that week. And but when we're talking about personal details as to why this guy is building a connection with them, this season wasn't cut to show us that. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure there was a lot of conversations had behind <laughs> the fucking drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! So what <sighs> the fuck do I know about these? I mean, I know Brie is half Persian. I know Serena P is Canadian, and I think Michelle's a teacher. You know what? So, so when we're talking about inclusion, that being the buzzword, now we need to move into equity. Mm-hmm. Same amount of screen time. For everyone. So that we know about them. Even the bullshit is, there's equity and bullshit. If Victoria can spend three fucking weeks calling people bitches and hoes and all this stuff and coming into someone's personal space and yanking a crown off her face. Listen, y'all, I'm going to tell you, I I am not a violent person. I, mm-hmm. I would never put, hand, I've never been in a fight. I think I was in a fight third grade, but then she grabbed me on my ankles and I hit my head <laughs> in recess. I'm somewhat of a, I will verbally, I will verbally eviscerate you. Oh, verbally, that's not a word. I will verbally eviscerate you um, in hopes that you'll back off. Um, But I'm not a physical person. But let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. If I was, what was her name? Maddie? um, Marilyn. Marilyn. 
Mm-hmm. She was a pageant queen from Puerto Rico. Oh, no, no, oh, no. no. Mari? That's somebody else. Mari, oh, no, okay. Ca- Catalina. Catalina was the one with the crown. Catalina. Thank you. Come in with the crown. Mm-hmm. Come in my personal space and Take snatch my... that off my head. Mm-hmm. I, I Am I going to jail tonight? Like, that's the question <laughs> I'd be asking. It's not who is this woman. Is am I going to jail tonight? That is beyond disrespectful. That is beyond violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the definition of aggression. I was going to say, too. But who like, got painted that? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Sorry. too, like, even in that moment, like, Victoria just being like, oh, no, it was a joke that I took her crown off, like, is a representation of who she is as a person. So any apology she gives, which is zero at this point, her apology was, it's a joke. Isn't that funny? Um is no um she has no like context as to like what it's like to you know in this situation like she mm-hmm. she just doesn't get it and um but the fan base protected her yeah because she, she's funny right she's funny and and so if we're going to ha- if we're talking about equity then the same way she can be funny then piper has every right to, to be like, shut the and fuck so, up, bitch. And Serena C has allowed? every right to say, go talk to your pastor in the confessional. I don't want to hear it. Hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's sassy if, and great if, and wonderful. If Victoria's sassy and, oh my God, what a wild card for doing that, mm-hmm. then we need to have equity so everybody can be looked at that way. We, and also, it, like, even just with Heather, like, didn't she say some shit on Colton's season? Like, she called a black I, she called one of the black contestants. I don't even remember what the word was that she used. Jenna, do you remember? She, she said so like a, a really that. nasty thing about like one of the black contestants, and I wish I could remember what it was, but mm. I don't we'll hear about it in the DMs. Um. <laughs> and 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 I mean to be fair, this was all happening in the vacuum of Heather's lazy attempt to get into Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yeah. The girl was, if not, but riding into the wave of, into the sunset of obscurity. We didn't care about, who was checking for you, Heather? The amount of times, and I had in my notes that I screenshotted for you, and I put in my stories, Jenna, like, I was writing, like, why are they, what are these name drops? Why do, and, and it was, it felt so intentional. If I heard another, Hannah Brown, Hannah Brown, I know you're Hannah Brown's best. Hannah Brown's my best, and she told me that, what is this an audition happening like we get it you know are they Hannah trying Brown. to make her relevant or end? like again yeah. i hate it i'm telling you heather's gonna show up in in, in bathroom paradise and i hate that you said that because i know as soon as you said it i was like oh yeah sophie's right no, yeah that's what i was talking about with andrew last night too i was just like what is their like motivation for putting her in here because like she has to show up again Mm-hmm. at some point in the next like couple of seasons mm-hmm. and it's been too long since she's been in nobody remembers her anymore mm-hmm. so yeah. like yeah they're gonna try to put her in again and it's gonna be a fucking disaster <laughs> um <sighs> so i think I'm, i think no, uh we've this has been amazing <laughs> this has been so amazing it's we've so been on late. for I'm two so and effing hours <laughs> i love it um, do not be sorry wait, are you fucking kidding me i don't know it doesn't oh matter. it's 11 
<laughs> yeah we've been on for so long we would love to continue this conversation again mm-hmm. like i if, hope because here's a fun it fact it's sense. gonna continue to have shit's gonna continue to happen so we're gonna need to uh break it down again and then after the final rose man it's it's gonna be yeah so i think major takeaways white supremacy is not here for you either karen's doesn't care about you and inclusion does not equate equity that's all i would love for everyone to take and thank you both for just being authentic representations of what allyship looks like in practice because i no don't minimize it jenna shut up I don't have another hour to, to, okay, to okay, my therapist cap, but um, no, but seriously, like it's in the messiness and it's in these conversations and it's in just holding space and sitting with that and getting over yourself to ask questions that even it might feel like it goes against every nature of your body, but doing so mm-hmm. and centering voices and just having dialogue like this. And then we could, I mean, we spent so many time talking shit and going off different tangents. And so this is this is the verb of allyship. And I just love following you both. Um, Thank you. And restoring my faith <laughs> and white folks. I'm kidding. Because um, <laughs> you guys happen to be white. And, and it's, it's tough living in this toxic world that we do. And you guys just make it that less terrible. Aww. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have loved having you here. We would love to have you again. We're not even done. <laughs> we got to like we got to like three points that we wanted to talk about. I'm so glad we did not recap the episode because it would be like it, like seven a.m. Like hello, honey. Is and, someone and I still would get off the Zoom and then cl- cl- clock into work. So yeah, same, same. Um, so thank you so much, Sophie, for yeah. being a part of this with us. We love you. We appreciate your time. Oh my gosh. I love you guys too. And I was in Portland presenting my research two years ago. So now I, and I love Portland. So I can't wait to go back and actually meet you both. Oh, we'd love that. We'll do some kind of live show or some shit. Um, Love that. Is there, is there any way, anywhere specifically, do you want people to follow you? You Oh, so my handle is unpaid underscore emotional underscore labor. Mm -hmm. Um, I had plans of creating a podcast, but now with my new job, it's just not feasible. So it's Mm -hmm. honestly, my content is lame. I barely post, but in my stories, I talk shit with humor. Um, And with events like the Capitol, I really try to synthesize my thoughts and break it down. for people who might not understand the reasons why this would enrage folks. Um, I, I just look at things, I look at themes of what's taken for granted, the unpaid emotional labor of it all. So that's me. Um, that's where you can find me. Don't come to me for content. I'm easily no, burnt no. out. Yeah, please don't. I'd but rather just... I'd rather be invited to someone's podcast than jumping into that world because I can't, the anxiety of producing content, I couldn't do it. And there are much more talented people like you both that can do that. So I'm just a purveyor. The next I love two y'all. hours of our podcast are me laughing at talented producers of a <laughs> podcast. But I do love that love about it. you. And I thank you so much for thank being you. here. Have thank good- you, guys. You have a great night, too. Get some rest. <laughs> oh, we won't. I know. Um, so just a 
wrap it up and do some housekeeping. Um, Jenna has some <laughs> things she'd like to share with you all. And I think I'm sort of feeling the same way, too. Yeah. So I'll leave it to her to <sighs> spearhead this one. Um, I just want to first off say, like, this this community that we've, like, been a part of, like, Descartes Pod, the leftist cuck, like, part of Bachelor Nation is so, so special to me. Like, I think it's very obvious, like, how much anyone who's ever interacted with us online or hears the podcast knows, like, how much, like, I care and uh, I'm dedicated to whatever bullshit I'm on. <laughs> like, it's just, like, <laughs> truly, I can't not. Um, but, like, as somebody who's, like, been just really in it for a minute, this week was really, like, eye-opening about how kind of overwhelming it can get. Um, and I don't say that as to, like, say that it was more overwhelming for me like you know, other people. I just, I just saw myself flailing a lot. And it was... It's, like, ultimately not beneficial to, like, the movement, to, like, making people feel cared for, pushing forward, like, you know, change in Bachelor Nation or whatever that might be. And, like, it's not beneficial to myself to, like, just flail everywhere (laughs) and feel like I have so many different things that I have to say and do. And, like, those are things that I put on myself like thoroughly and I feel like I just need to talk about like boundaries with like myself I'm working on like how many things I'm going to post a day really like thinking about what I'm going to post and I know it just like kind of comes down to like a thing I've noticed too where there's like a thing called bachelor reddit (laughs) and bachelor reddit is a wild (laughs) have you ever heard of it it is a very very wild place it's it has it serves a great purpose um and it also has the dark side to it but it's also just like it is what it is and it serves a lot of great good especially this week i mean Mm -hmm. without bachelor reddit this week for so many different people wouldn't be what it was so it's really important but at some time some point i start to feel like i have put on myself this personal pressure to become like the bachelor reddit of instagram and I don't like that feeling. It's yeah. not really what I'm, like, here to do. And I, I'm i feeling that thing. And so I just want to, like, start to say, like, I can't post everything, you know? Like, I, I can't comment everything and I can't post everything. Um, I wanted to say, too, like, the beauty of Bachelor Reddit is that it's moderated, but the mods aren't in charge of every single thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, with our account... You do, like, literally 95% of the work on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, and we get a lot of – we again, we love our community. And this is, like, you sending us messages is in, by no means a burden. Mm-hmm. It just does get really overwhelming after a while if you see what our inbox looks like to keep up, to support everyone, to say the right thing all the time. And, like um, – I think, too, I wanted to mention that, like, um, I really want to back Jenna up here because, <laughs> like, I have seen our inbox. Like, I, I remember last season when I got the the password to the Instagram, my phone died overnight. <laughs> like, my phone was charged before I went to bed, and it died overnight at nighttime because of the amount of messages that Jenna receives and, like, 
for real, she responds to, like, every single one of them, and it's an act of dedication. Yeah. But I think it's getting to a point um, where it's, like, it's almost too much. Yeah. So, like... And it well, and it just kind of floods what I'm doing. Like I need to focus mm-hmm. on like fire Chris Harrison. Like I have to focus on like certain things, you know. And I those are self appointed pressures. But like, yeah, I want to focus on things that I know I can have like effect in. And at An some point, on, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm just just flooding myself, flooding the gates, flooding the, the Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. is there anyone gonna look through fifty Instagram stories? Oh like, no, I don't even look at our own Instagram. <laughs> exactly. And so like, if there's important information in there that needs to be put to people then like i need to like take a step back and like focus on what am i what's my focus you know mm-hmm. and i do need to like get dms to like post certain things because i don't know everything people like pe- people will dm us and be like oh my god jenna you catch everything and it's like i don't i we have people who send me the things you know mm-hmm. so so it's just like a relationship that we have to foster and I think we need to have healthy boundaries with that. I don't know what that means. I guess what I'm saying is that if I open the message and I don't post it, it's not against you and it doesn't mean I don't care about the cause. It doesn't mean I don't think whatever that person did is not fucked up. I very likely do think it's very fucked up, but I have to prioritize what I can post and... Yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> I also I also want to say, like, just reiterate that, like, um, at this point, this podcast is not our job. Mm-hmm. Like, we both have to work full-time still, and we both work, like, a full 40 hours a week. And I know that at least I put in, like, minimum, like, 20 mm-hmm. on just, like, back-end stuff mm-hmm. that we do. Like, mm-hmm. the podcast is quite a bit more work than I think either of us were anticipating when we started it. Like, at first, it was just, like, fun. Just, like, we post memes, we laugh, we do this thing. And we don't – we love the work. Um, But it is quite a lot, and it does get a little bit overwhelming. So I think just, like, creating a little bit more healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. is good for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to that point, um, we just, like – we also want to put – some of the work just like back into like improving the podcast Mm -hmm. like being able to like take notes and do it without feeling you know wild for doing so you know like exactly we're i think um jenna posted a thing on the instagram the other day that was just like burning the candle at both ends yeah Yeah. and i think we're both starting to feel a little bit like we're doing that and we just want to like rein it back a little bit before Mm -hmm. it gets to a point where we don't like doing it anymore yeah and then we can focus on the things that do matter which is connections and calling out you know calling out shit we're not gonna stop doing that it's just i have to prioritize because i'm not i'm not bachelorette it yeah <laughs> we're just not so you are not the whole community yeah. unfortunately yeah. but it would be great if you were because i quite like you <laughs> thank you you're so sweet <laughs> mm. um and on that note i think we're gonna call it an evening yeah. i hope that thank everyone so gets much. some rest this week yeah uh, y'all deserve it. We deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, go to bed. Love, Good. Mom. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Descartes Pod. Make sure you're following us on social media. On Instagram, we are Descartes Pod. On Twitter, we are Descartes Podcast. You can email us at DescartesThePodcast at gmail. And make sure you're following your hosts. Danica is at Drunk Feminist on Instagram. And Jenna is Jenna with a smile. 
Make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hey, leave us a review. This is the final podcast tonight. When you are ready. And welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. Oh. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.